Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad you're tuned in today. I'm so glad you're watching or listening or doing whatever it is that you connect with us. And, and I'm honored and I'm excited to share this word with you. It's one that I believe the Lord has given me. And, it's, and the Lord is going to show us some things that we thought maybe were helping us. They're actually hurting us. So I'm excited to, to bring you this to bring you this word, to deliver this meal to you. I feel like a waiter today, just dropping off what God's been cooking up. I'm not the chef. I've studied, I've prepared, I've done what I can do. Um, but if God doesn't show up, there's not much, much that's going to happen today. So I believe this is something that God's cooked up, and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to serve it to you. Are you ready for the appetizer? Are you ready for the bread? You know you're at a good restaurant when they bring out some, some rolls and some olive oil. Are you ready for the bread today? Are you ready for, the, for this message? I'm excited to share this with you because God's been showing me a lot through this passage. And um, I read out, out of 1 Corinthians last week, and I'm going to be in 1 Corinthians this week. 1 Corinthians 5, I'll give you a second to get there. 5, verse 6 through verse 8. Verse 6 and 7 and 8. And don't let the fact about what exactly Paul is writing here. So he's writing to a really interesting situation, one that I hope you're not in the middle of today, because he's writing to a church that has... Um, like incest, and he's literally writing on this subject of incest where a man is sleeping with his father's wife. So I don't want you to hear that and then see and think like, oh, this has nothing to do with me because I don't struggle with that or I don't, you know, I don't do that, right? Well, most of us aren't leading a church of Corinth, <laughs> which is who this letter was originally written to, leaders in Corinth who were leading the church. So we don't have to apply it to that, but I do believe we can apply this to our souls, our emotions, and our minds today. Verse six, if you're not there yet, just look on the screen. Your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little yeast, just a little yeast, leavens the whole batch of dough, get rid of the old yeast, so that you may be a new, unleavened batch, as you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the festival, not with the old bread, leavened with malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth." The message God gave me to give to you today comes from verse 6. Don't you know that a little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough? And so today's meal is entitled, uh, The Little That's Left. Yeah, so Paul's writing to these guys. I told you last week, man, they, uh, if they had a testimony, it would be one of those crazy ones. But I think they get a bad rap. I do. I think they get a bad rap because we just assume because some of them were struggling that all of them were struggling. 
Well, Paul's actually literally saying in this text, don't you know that just a little bit can affect the entirety of the structure? So he's referencing bread and he's using it to show them something. He's not actually speaking about bread. He's using it as an illustration. He's saying, don't you know that just a little bit of yeast in the bread will make the bread rise? Don't you know that a little bit of bread or a lot of bread mixed with just a little bit of yeast would totally change the substance of the bread? I worked in a restaurant and we would, we would make the dough and then we would add yeast to it. It would just rise, it would just rise. Um, yeast, according to Google, is a microscopic fungus consisting of single oval cells that reproduce by budding. I read you that definition just so you would know that it reproduces. So you can take it and it will become more. It won't just stay the size it's at, but it'll, it will expand. So when Paul's writing, he's saying, hey, don't you know that just a little bit of yeast leavens the whole batch of dough? So there's two kinds of bread in this text. There's leavened bread, and I promise it's going to apply to your life. If you give me just a minute, I got to set it up. The leavened bread has yeast. Unleavened bread has no yeast. And what they would actually do, because yeast reproduces, they would take a piece of leavened bread, bread with yeast in it, and they would put the bread in with unleavened bread, and it would expand. So the leavened bread would actually turn the unleavened bread into leavened bread. And it's just a little bit. And, and so, so you think this isn't a baking class, okay, before you log off, let me tell you this applies to you, because it can just be a little thought in your mind that affects the whole batch of dough. It could be just a little belief about yourself. Oh, I'm not good at that. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, God hasn't called me to do that. Oh, I can't make it. Or oh, God won't supply that. It could be just a little, but it affects the whole. It, it affects the whole loaf, the whole loaf off a little, just a little that's left. So, Paul says, you got to, Get rid of the old yeast. You got to get it out. You've got to remove it from among you. Um, I tried to up update my laptop this past week, and it said um, that I couldn't update it because the storage was full. I wonder if God's trying to send us something an upgrade, if God's got some new software, Romans 12, 2, that he wants to transform you by the renewing of your mind. So when God transforms your life, he doesn't change everything around you, but he changes your mind. So if God's trying to upgrade some things, if God's trying to transform some, some things, if God's trying to shift some things and change some things and improve some things in your life, then it's going to happen first in your mind. And I wonder if God's trying to give us new bread but our cabinets are full and we're still snacking on the old bread and we want God to give us new bread. God, send me new bread. God, send me opportunity. God, will you send it to me? 
And God said, I will send it. But first, I need you to let go of the dough. I didn't even, (laughs) sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So get rid of the old yeast. This, This is what I'm trying to say. It's not a lot. So the church of Corinth was a group of people, and there was just a few, just a few among them that if they, could, if they could get that ironed out, if they could get that fixed, the whole thing would be smooth. And I'm not talking about your church today. I'm talking about your soul. Do you know the song? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me i once was lost but now i'm found was blind but now i see i was blind but now i see sing along with me abigail come on i was blind but now i see i've got to be honest with you i love that song i was blind but now i see I've still got a few um, blind spots. (laughs) Yeah, I was blind, but now I see I was saved. But, you know, now I'm in relationship with God, and it's amazing. And we drink coffee together, and he just speaks to me, and it's, oh, I have the spirits. Uh, But but if I'm honest, there's a little bit left. Yeah, I'm I'm, 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 I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a follower of God, yes. But there's a little... There's a little bit left. Um, Paul says he's, he's got, you've got the flesh and then you've got the spirit. And, I, and I've got the spirit. I promise I pray for it. I believe it. I believe in God. I want, him to, I want him to work in my life. But there's a little left. There's just a little flesh. I was blind, but now I see mostly. See, it doesn't sound as good. But if we're honest today... I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how much you go to church or how much of the Bible you read. There's a little left. There's a little yeast. I'm not talking about a lot. I mean, you've done, that's what, and that's what Paul's saying. He's like, you're doing so good. You've come so far that, that at this point now, there's just a little bit of yeast that's affecting the whole loaf. It's just the little, and, and, and if you can let go of the little, you can receive the lot. But it's the little that's affecting, that's affecting the lot. And um, God's been showing me something this week that um, if you can get rid of, verse 7, let's read it together. Get rid of the old yeast so that you may be a new New, new, so that you may be new. God wants you to be new. By the renewing of your mind. You can be a new. God can change your life. If God, 
is allowed into your heart, he can totally change your contact section, change everyone you know, change your friend group, change your location, change your city, change everything about you. Before, before the author of this uh, letter, his name is Paul. Before it was Paul, it was Saul. And God found him and he transformed his life. God can change you. But in order to get the new, you've got to get rid of the old. And if you don't want to change at all, then just turn the sermon off. But if you want God to transform your life, if you're like, if you're like look, I've still got some blind spots. There's a little bit of le- yeast in my bread, Lord, and I need your, I need your help, God, because I'm, I'm still trying to figure this whole thing out. There's still some things. I mean, I'm doing good. Don't get me wrong. I'm doing a lot better than I was, but there's still a little that's left. There's still a little that's left. And so get the, get the old out so you can have the new, a new unleavened batch, batch verse 7, as you really are. That's good, as you really are, because that comes from God, not from culture, not from people, not from friends, not from family, not from anyone else, not from the news, not from your Instagram, certainly not from your TikTok, but that comes from God, as you really are, and you will never really be free until you know that, as you really are. Ask God, who am I really? Like, who am I? Not who do my parents want me to be, not who do my friends want me to be, not who do people think is cool, and not what does culture celebrate, but God, who am I really? Who, as you really are, a new unleavened batch, God, what does that look like for me? And that comes from God. You can't get that anywhere else. That is limited supply, one place only. You can't get it off Amazon. You can't get it at Walmart. You can't get it at Target. That comes from God. You can't buy it. That comes from God. As you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the festival, not with the old bread, leavened with malice, wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Let us keep the festival. The festival he's talking about is the festival of the unleavened bread, or the Passover, same festival, two different names. It comes from Exodus, and I want to I want to hop over there for a few minutes. If you're not in any rush, let's talk about it. Because the people of Israel were leaving Egypt, and when they were they were leaving Egypt, they were they had to get out of there in a hurry, because God had sent the ten plagues, and at that point Egypt was like, "Go, please, God, leave, go." So. We're going to pick up the story in Exodus 12, verse 33. The Egyptians urged the people to hurry and leave, get out. Otherwise, they said, we will all die. So the people took their dough before the yeast was added. 
So this is what kind of bread? Unleavened bread. It's got no yeast in it. They, so the people took their dough before the yeast was added and carried it out on their shoulders in kneading troughs wrapped in clothing. The Israelites did as Moses instructed and asked all the Egyptians for articles of clothing of silver, gold, and, and for clothing. They said, uh, here, let me get, I'll give you right back. Yeah, yeah, you know how you do. I'll Venmo you later. And so the Lord made the Egyptians favorably disposed toward the people, and they gave them all they asked for. So they plundered the Egyptians. So when they left Egypt, they had to leave in a hurry. They had to go quickly. And so what they did was they went around because they didn't have anything. They were slaves. So what they did was they went around to the Egyptians, and for some reason the Lord, like, enabled the people to just give to them. And it didn't make much sense. It was just like they disposed toward them. And so the Israelites, um, the Israelites took up silver, gold, and clothing, and they left Egypt. They left. They left Egypt. They left. They got out of there. And they were set free from Egypt. They were set free from Egypt. And they took spoils with them. But the spoils weren't the only thing they took with them out of Egypt. They also took memories. 430 years. That's how long they were in Egypt. So by the time they get to leave, they don't even know who they really are. You hear 1 Corinthians 5 speaking to us? A new unleavened batch, as you really are. Well, they didn't know that at this point because for 430 years, they didn't get to be themselves. They had to be who Egypt wanted them to be. And so, and so now they're free, but they don't know what it means to be free. I mean, think about it. What does it really mean to be? If the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. But what does that mean? What does it mean to be free? What does it mean to be set free? What does it mean? And so they, 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 they left Egypt on their way to Canaan. 430 years in Egypt. But the Lord would spend the next 40 years adjusting their taste buds from the fish of Egypt, from the food they had in Egypt, to the grapes of Canaan. 430 years. But they were enslaved so long that they lost themselves. Who am I really? Who am I really? Who am I? Because I've been a slave, and now I'm free? 
I don't know how to be free. I've never been a slave, but I've got to be honest with you. I don't really know how to be free. God delivered me from some things, but there's still a little that's left. And I want to walk in freedom, and I want to walk in deliverance, and I want to walk in purpose. But I've got to be honest with you, there's still a little that's left. And so the Lord said, leave Egypt, go to Canaan. Well, in between there, they were in what we call the wilderness. God fed them manna. They got tired of the manna. In, in Numbers 11:5, they said, we remember the fish we ate in Egypt. Because they were free with their bodies, but their minds were still back in Egypt. Oh my God, if you got that, it would change your destiny. That you can be free physically, but stuck in your mind. God can heal your depression, but you are so custom and used to just being depressed that you don't even know how to be happy. You don't even know how to be cheerful. God can set you free from anxiety, but you, you can have the pattern of anxiety to where even when God is delivering you from it, you still go back to it because we remember the fish we had in Egypt. God can remove an addiction, but you don't know what else to do because it's Friday night and this is what I always do on Friday night. So all my friends are doing it, but I'm free from it. I'm, I'm free, but I remember the fish I had in Egypt. I remember, I remember the fish, salmon. Sour salmon though, because they had to, in order to eat, they had to be slaves. Yeah, so it was like, okay, I'm free, but now what do I do? Because what does it mean to be free? If the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. Yeah, but, but I need God to set me free in my life, but I need God to set me free in my mind. God, I need you to heal my mind. God, I need you in my, my I remember. I remember the fish. I can still taste it. I still remember how I felt. Because I'm free physically, but I'm bound in my mind. In America, we did this horrible thing. I don't want to say we because I, anyways. A long time ago, not that long ago, you know, we, we, we kidnapped Americans, kidnapped people from Africa, brought them 
to America to make them slaves. A horrible thing. Well, when slavery was abolished, a lot of the slaves, do you know what they did with their freedom? They went to work for their masters because you brought me away from my home, you brought me away from my tribe, you brought me away from my country, you brought me away from my people, and you brought me all the way out here, and then you say I'm free? I'm free? Free to do what? I've got no money, I've got no education, I've got no experience doing anything except working in your field. That's the only thing I know. So they went back. They were free. They weren't slaves, but they went right back to doing what they had always done. Because I, just because God sets me free doesn't mean I know how to be free. God, God, will you set me free? God, will you, not just in my life, will you set me free in my mind? God, will you set me free in my emotions? God, will you set me free? A lot of us don't have a hard time loving God. God, I love you. God, I'll serve you. Oh, uh, Lord, I'll give you my life. But a lot of us have a hard time loving ourselves. God, what does it mean to be free? God, what does it mean to love me? God, what does it mean to have the spirit of the Lord inside of me? Because I can be free, but still think like a slave. I don't have to have chains on my wrist or whips at my back to be a slave. I was blind, but now, what do I do? Okay, I was blind. I had to beg. I couldn't work. Now God opened my eyes. But what do I do? I've never worked before. I've never earned before. I've never lived on my own before. Someone's always been there to help me. Well, now God opened my eyes. God, I need you to set me free in my life. So what does it mean to be free? Paul said, remove the un, remove the leavened bread. So in the festival of the unleavened bread, this is what they would do. They would take all the leavened bread out of the house completely. It couldn't be anywhere. They had to get rid of all of it for a week because the leavened bread had yeast in it. So they would take a little bit of the yeast, of, I mean, a little bit of the bread and put it in with the unleavened bread. And as you can imagine, over time, after you do this time over time after time after time, eventually there's risk of disease and risk of infection because you're using the same bread and, and even now, now the bread's getting old. You're reusing something, you're reproducing something, not because it's healthy for you, but just because it's always been that way. And since it's always been that way, that's just how it is, and that's how my family did it. That's just how I learned how to do it. So now I gotta take the, take the bread out of this bread, put it in this bread. So, so for a week, they would get rid of all of it, 
God would start it all over. It would be a fresh start. You are a new creation. If you are in Christ, you are new. So, so he said, get rid of the old so you can have the new, so you can have the truth as you really are. God, what does it mean to be free? It means as you really are. Being free. And the truth will set you free. The truth about me. God, who am I? God, who do you say that I am? And that truth will set you free. Because God can set you free. But if there's just a little yeast, if there's just a little Egypt, if there's just a little memory of Pharaoh, if all you're thinking about is like, yeah, 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 all this is good. See, the Corinthians were doing good. They had it going on. The church was doing good. But Paul said, there's just a little bit. I need you to remove the little. If you can get the little out, if you can get the little out, the little bit of negativity that still kind of keeps you, the little bit of, the little bit of addiction that you still kind of hold on into and fall back on when things aren't, aren't going great. There's just a little bit, just a little thing. If you could just get rid of the little thing. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know things are going good, but it's just a little thing. If you can get rid of the little, the little. So God's been saying to me lately, who put that there? Who put that there? As you really are, that comes from God. So certain things I do and certain patterns I think and certain ways I act and ways I react, who put that there? Did that come from culture? Or did that come from God? Did I teach you that? Or did you learn that on your own? Did the kids down the street teach you that? Do your friends teach you that? Who put that there? When thoughts come in your mind this week, not big thoughts, just little thoughts. Say, who put that there? When self-doubt comes on, who put that there? Who put that? God's been saying, who put that there? As you really are. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. That's the power that God gives you. Now, what you do with that power, it's up to you. God gave it freely, he gives. Freely, his love is lavished upon us. But if all you have is old bread, if your cabinets are stocked full, there's no room to put anything up. There's not even room for a little bit of, nope, God can't do it. Because when the new bread gets with the old bread, the old bread, the old bread will infect the new bread. And um, I'm closing now. I promise I'm closing. There's just one last thing I want to show you. And, you know, because God can set us free, but sometimes there's just a little left, a little flesh, a little anxiety, a little this, a little that. And it won't be the big stuff that keeps us out from God's presence. 
it would just be the little stuff. So in 1 Kings 17, Elisha, the prophet, prophesies a drought. And then the drought comes, and he's drinking from a brook, and then the brook runs out of water. So God tells him to go um, to go to a widow who the Lord had directed to supply with food and water. So in verse 11 of 1 Kings 17, he, he asked her, will you get me some water? And she replied, as she was going, he called and bring me a, please a piece of bread. That's how I knew God wanted me to preach that. Will you bring me a piece of, of bread? Just a piece of, just a piece of bread. Just not, not, a, not a lot of, not a lot of bread. Not a loaf, just a little. Just a little bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. She said, I, I can't feed you. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I only have a little left. I don't have a lot. I don't have a lot. You want me to feed you? With what? I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. She had amazing faith. I look up to her faith. No, I do because, because she voiced her frustration. She didn't just keep it back from God. She said, I only have a little. I'm about to eat it. And then me and my son, we're going to die. And Elisha didn't say, you got to have more faith in that. You better believe God. You better stand up and trust in the Lord with all your strength. No, Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. Do, do as you have said. <laughs> she said, so that we may eat it and die. And he said, do as you have said. <laughs> I don't know if I'd have got saved if that was the verse the preacher would have shared. But first, somebody say, but first, make a small loaf of bread for me. Not a big loaf. If you've got a little left, just make a little loaf. Just make a little loaf of bread from what you have and bring it to me. I had to put my Bible down. I got to turn around. I got to jump up and down and bring it to me and bring it to God said, if you've only got a little left, bring it to me. If you've only got a little faith, bring it to me. If you've only got a little bit of passion, bring it to me. If you don't know what to do, and if you don't know where to go, and if you feel like, I don't know if I'm going to make it, bring it to me. Elisha said, do you only have a little? Well, then you can bring it to me. God said, do you only have a little? I've got a handful of flour and a, oil and a jug with a little oil. I've only got a little left, Lord. I've only got a little left. God said, bring it to me. Bring it to me. Bring it to me. Bring it to him. I know you're 
mad. I know you're upset. I know your heart is broken. I know you're confused and frustrated. But bring it to me, God said. You can bring it to me. You can bring it to me. You can put it in my hands. You can put the bread in my hands. You can give me two fish and five loaves. And if you put it in my hands, I can make the little turn into a lot. If you give me your little, if you give me your little, and then make some something for yourself and your son, for this is what the Lord God of Israel says. The the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elisha had told her. So there was food every day. She said, I've only got a little left. But even though there was a little left, even though there was a little left, no matter how much she ate, there was always a little left. And there was always a little left. I know you feel like I can't keep going. I know you can't. And I can't keep going. But there's a little left. There's a little left for, for Elisha and the woman and her family. For the jar of oil was not used up. And the, for the jar of flour was not used up. And the jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping with the word spoken by Elisha, I'm closing my Bible. God said, if you've got a little left, you can bring it to me. If you're still struggling with a little thing, you can bring it to me. If you're free in your body, but you can't seem to get free in your mind, you can bring it to me. If your circumstances are great, but you still find yourself miserable, you can bring it to me. If the sun sets you free, you will be free. But what does it mean to be free? What does it mean to have peace? God, will you teach me that? What does it mean to have joy? God, will you teach me that? What does it mean to love others as, as I have loved myself? God, will you teach me that? Teach me, God. Second Peter 3.18 says, grow in the grace that God has given you. If you want to grow, the only way to growth is through grace. And so God's grace is, not, is just not to forgive your sin. Yeah, it does that. But he brings you into growth and he cultivates a relationship with you because he loves you and he doesn't want anything from you. He just wants something for you. God, will you show me what it means to be free? Father, I thank you for this word. God, I know, I know for a fact that you gave me this word for somebody who said, I've got a little bit left, but God, I'm gonna bring it to you. I've got a little left, but you can have my little God. Oh, you got a lot? Oh, you got a lot? God doesn't want it. He said, bring me your little. God, I thank you. I thank you for the for the message you've spoken, not that I've spoken. Yeah, I preached, but God, you spoke. Somebody today is putting their faith, is putting their faith in you. That doesn't mean you'll never doubt. 
it just means you'll have someone to bring your doubt to. God, we need you. Without you, we are nothing. Without you, we don't know what to do. Without you, we don't know where to go. So I thank you now for your spirit, Lord, that is power, that is wisdom, that is insight, that is perspective. God, I thank you for your son. Thank you for Christ, our Passover lamb, who has forgiven us and his blood washes us free from our sin. It is by that grace and it is by that power that we know as you really are. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, God bless you. I will see you back here next week. Hey, I hope you enjoyed today's message. Well, there's a couple things I'm gonna ask you to do before you go. First, you can give. You can partner with us on a financial level at gracemovement.online. And when you partner with us, you help us get the good news and the gospel out um, so we can continue doing what God has called us to do and impact lives for the kingdom. Another thing you can do is share. Share the message. You can uh, text it to a friend, a family member. Um, you can put it on your social media and help us expand the kingdom that way. Finally, make sure you are subscribed so you don't miss any of our content that we put out to build your faith, challenge, and inspire you. Well, I love you so much. Thank you.